more sleep before the Blue Jays get back on the field against the Texas Rangers at Salem Field in Buffalo tomorrow. Hence, we are still in the Blue Jays All-Star break. It is Baseball Central. Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker. No break for us. I got the mayor of Back Lake City here, Kevin Barker, and I'm going to be joined by the mayor's office. We're going to be joined by the mayor's office. Sean Casey of MLB Network and the mayor's office podcast will be along to uh, discuss all things Blue Jays, all things baseball. And an interesting conversation he had, Kevin. And this is for, for those of you who are coaches or parents of young players. Sean had a conversation with Dante Bichette. And they talked about how North American kids are being overcoached. And as a means of explaining why so many of the good young players in baseball right now are from the Dominican Republic, from Latin America, of course, in the case of mm. Shohei Otani, from, uh, from Japan. So it was, it, it was an interesting discussion. We'll touch on that uh, because we've had Dante on before. And if you've listened to Dante, Don, Dante's, Dante's got some ideas about how you coach kids. And as the father of Bo Bichette, I think he's worth listening to. And Kevin and I, you know, we'll, we'll deal with this with Sean Casey. But I, I remember very clearly... Uh, Dante telling us a story about when Bo was drafted. One of the reasons that they wanted the Blue Jays to draft him is the Blue Jays said, we'll let you keep your swing. The swing that all the scouts had been, you know, you're going to have to change it if you join our organization. They said, no, we'll, we'll let you run with it. We'll let you run with it. And, and so clearly Dante's got some ideas on coaching kids and what you need to do and what you don't need to do. So that'll be, that'll be a fun discussion. Uh, let's get a little bit of news. Now, when we were on writer's block yesterday, uh, we were on air just as news broke that Major League Soccer and the federal government had reached an agreement that would allow Toronto FC to play games in front of fans Saturday and one more game in front of fans next Saturday. Uh, same with Montreal Impact, which, of course, was great news. And as we left the studio, we were all thinking, well, okay, green shoots and all that. Then we find out that well, essentially, somebody jumped the gun. Uh, the federal government had given its approval at the ministerial level, but it wasn't all the I's weren't dotted and all the T's weren't crossed. So essentially, somebody jumped the gun. So for about 20, 25 minutes yesterday, nobody knew just what the hell was going on. As it turns out, Toronto FC and the Montreal Impact have been given approval to play their games here. So, of course that automatically turned the focus to the Toronto Blue Jays. And, and, and Kevin, the, as I, I get tired of telling people this, but the two are completely different situations. We're talking about more people moving across the border to come and play the Blue Jays. We're talking about players who may be in the middle of a three-city road trip, so they may be coming from a city where the variant is running rampant. We know the numbers in the U.S. are spiking again. Folks, these are just facts. And we also know that Major League Baseball, that there is no team that has 100% uh, 100 vaccination rate. Key to what MLS is doing, and Bill Manning, Toronto FC president, told us this yesterday. If you aren't fully vaccinated, you can't cross the border. I mean, we're not saying you can come over the border with your team and sit in the bench or not. No, you can't cross the border. You cannot take part in the game. That might work as a one-off. But if you're the Boston Red Sox, where you don't have your team fully vaccinated, 
What does that mean for you? I, I guess theoretically, your unvaxxed players would have to lock themselves in their hotel room and be monitored. I, I, I don't know. But I don't know if they'd be able to play. I imagine there'd be testing in place. So it doesn't sound like they'd be able to play. Does it sound like it's going to work? That's the question, right? I mean, I, I, I would think it would work. Major League Baseball hasn't had a tremendous number of, of COVID-19 outbreaks. But essentially what you're asking players to do is you're asking players, players have already agreed to, to do stuff. Now you're saying, you know what? Yeah, you did all that, but to allow your team to go to Canada and play the Blue Jays and give the Blue Jays home field advantage, you got to do this. So soccer was able to do this for a variety of reasons. They got a lot of, uh, they got a lot of help from the Players Association and from the league office. That, that's what it's going to take here. For this to get done, players are going to have to be convinced that it's up to their – that, that they're going to have to be convinced to put up with some stuff in Canada, they wouldn't have to put up within the United States in order to give the Toronto Blue Jays home field advantage. So that's where we are with that. Shai Davidi reporting, and this is good news. I know there are Blue Jays fans out there saying, Jeff, what happened to the team coming here on the 20, uh, 30th of July or the 20th of August? Shai has, has been on top of the story from the get-go. This is Shai's reporting. The Blue Jays need to know by tomorrow if they are to stage their July 30th homestand. Once that window closes, the next possible return date is August 20th. Shai also reported that Dr. Howard knew, the Blue Jay, uh, Canada's Deputy Chief Public Health Officer, has said the Blue Jays' application for national interest exemption, for border exemption, this is a quote, is trending in a very good direction at this point. We're looking at last details. But, quote, I can't give you a date and when a possible decision might be made. So, folks, that's where we are. You're asking yourself, okay, why do they need to know Friday about July 20th? Because they got to move stuff from Buffalo up here. The Jays' last day in Buffalo before the 30th is the 21st. They've got a game already scheduled against Boston and Buffalo on the 21st. So that would leave the Jays eight days to get all that stuff from Buffalo up to Toronto. If we look at August 20th as a potential return date, that gives the Jays a little more lead-in time. It gives them 10 days to do the move because their last game in Buffalo in August is on the 8th. So I'm just putting that out there because I know there's a lot of talk, a lot of conjecture. That is what we know right now, and there really isn't anything else to say. At some point, we will hear from the federal government and the Blue Jays, and I'm going to credit the Blue Jays right now, for sticking to their messaging and not getting involved in yesterday's mess with MLS. I mean, if ever there was a time to say no comment, we're following protocol, that was the time to say no comment, we're following protocol. So well done to the Blue Jays. We'll have to wait. You may have to wait till August 20th. Folks, it's not the worst thing you've had to put up with in the last 15 or 16 months. Right, Bark? Nope. Or or 18 months. Of course, I'm talking to a guy who works with me on a day-to-day basis, so you know where we're coming. All right. I should get a raise. Huh? I should get a raise. Well, talk to your agent. Uh, I got his number if you want it. Can I have it? I haven't talked to him um, in a while. Yeah. The uh, Blue Jays, let's talk baseball. huh? Let's talk baseball, Bart. The Jays have announced their rotation for the Texas Rangers series. 
Three lefties, Robbie Ray, Hyunjin Ryu, Steven Matz. So Ray Friday, Ryu Saturday, Matz on Sunday. Ray will be going on regular rest after that terrific outing against the Rays. Hyunjin Ryu will be going on nine days rest. Steven Matz on 11 days rest. So Steven Matz is going to have pitched one game in how many days? Or two games in how many days? Because he came off the COVID list. Like We talked about why he wasn't sent down on a rehab to, to, to make some minor league starts. Yep. Anyhow, there you go. So that means Ross Stripling and Alec Manoa are facing the Boston Red Sox, the team the Jays are chasing for first place. What can go wrong is what you're saying? Yeah, I, th- I think that has more to do with Stephen Matz. You don't want Stephen Matz facing the Red Sox. You'd rather him face the Texas Rangers. Obviously doesn't have as good a lineup. You know, how will he fare with 11 days rest? Eh, who knows, right? Can he locate a fastball both sides of the plate? Can he throw a breaking ball early in counts? And can he put somebody away with a breaking ball? That's that's the question. You know, for me, he's a five-inning guy. That that's You, you have to have your bullpen ready whenever he's pitching. It's not going to change, even if he has 20 days rest. So what he gives you is a plus. The other two guys have to step up. They have to give you quality start after quality start. Ryu, right, is we didn't really know when he was going to pitch. They're telling you they want to get as many starts the rest of the season as they can out of the first two guys. And then it's everybody else they are going to fill in the blanks. And you know, I think they're okay with Manoa and Stripling facing the Red Sox, and then they'll have Robbie Ray go on the last game of the homestand. So they haven't, they haven't lined up. But for me, it gets back to one thing. The lineup's got to step up. They, they are the best part of this team. The, the rotation, keep them in it until the lineup can figure out things and, and get the foot down and get it singing and start back-legging people. And, you know, I've said it to you. You've rolled your eyes at me over and over again. But let's, let's just hope that Charlie Montoya right now is sitting at home going, I'm going to say Boy, George Springer would sure look good in that leadoff I'm not spot. Let's my eyes at that. I'm the one that's been saying that. You, of, you, I've been trying to convince you heathens that he that that move should be made. Yeah, but it's whenever I say he's hitting under 220 games, and you're like, whatever. Baseball's so hard, and yeah, it's hard for for normal people. But he's not a normal guy, especially when you give him as much money as they give him. He's got to be huge down the stretch. This is why they brought him here. So there's that's I can't for me. You're dropping the money card already. Yeah, I have to. Like this, this again, this, this is, he's well, he should be well rested. He should be raring and ready to go playing center field. Most of the time he's going to get some DHs They're, They have some, some scheduled days off. So you shouldn't have to give him, you know, load management days. You should be able to pencil his name in for the next 75 games and say, here you go, big fella. This is why you brought us here. Take us, take us home. And See what happens. So, you know, it's it's going to be – it's they're going to – everybody's going to have to do their individual job. Vladdy's going to have to continue to do his thing. Bo, maybe take a little step forward with his defense. Maybe a step forward, you know, in his approach before he gets to two strikes. You know, Teoscar, maybe start driving some more balls in the big part of the field. Now, I know Teoscar's not trying to hit singles to right field, but when you're hitting in a fourth and fifth spot, that for me, it's okay to go one for four of the three-run homer. So – you know, and how will Marcus Simeon, if they do mix up the lineup a little bit, how will he handle that? You know, he is an all-star. He has done halfway decent leadoff spot. How will he handle that? So there is some stories that people need to, to look at, but it's time. I would imagine, too, the other story people will be following is uh, the return of Alejandro Kirk and Ryan Barucki. Now, no indication yet that Alejandro Kirk is on his way back. Everybody seems to want it. Uh 
I, I mean, I, to me, to me, Alejandro Kirk isn't going to mean the difference between a playoff spot and not a playoff spot. But nope. I mean, if if it you know if it floats your boat and gets you excited, pff, have at it. I don't I don't want to deter you from that. I'm more interested in Ryan Barucki coming back. Uh, Anthony Castro was sent out to uh, AAA to make room for Ryan Barucki. So well. He was sent out to AAA. The assumption is Ryan Barucki will join the team and bark. Again, I cannot talk enough. And I may be proven wrong in this month. But I will say this right now. Do not be surprised if Ryan Barucki isn't one of the most significant acquisitions this team has in the second half. If he can stay healthy, Kevin, I think Ryan Barucki solves a lot of bullpen issues. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they use him. You know, when they just say, gloves off, here you go, eighth inning. There's uh, three righties in a row because you have swing and miss stuff. You can locate a fastball. You can throw the 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 slider wherever you want to. The high velocity's there. Here's can the I ball. Can I throw out a funky idea? Can I throw out a Let's funky idea? We know that, a- that Anthony K. pardon me, we know that Alec Manoa's innings at some point are going to become an issue. Mm-hmm. What about piggybacking Manoa and Brucky? Even just for a couple innings. Yeah, I don't know why you do that. Barucki, for me, is the highest leverage guy. You, you, that's been okay. their issue all year Even is, with is leverage. And Re- okay, but I'm thinking the bullpen's got a little more uh, depth right now. You know, T- Trevor Richards is one of those guys that's a multiple-inning guy. You know, you, you're that's when are fair. you using him? High leverage with a, with a one-run lead? Yep. Probably not. Adam Simber, you got to be careful when you use him. Ryan Barucki, I don't care. It's one-run lead, and, and he, he's, he's due to pitch. He's getting the ball. It's that kind of thing, and... They don't have a ton of those guys. Again, you know, Charlie doesn't have a, a lot of no-brainers over there. Jordan Romano, I guess, is the one guy. Rafael Dolis. I mean, are you are you well, betting your house two, on Rafael Dolis to, no, to shut the game the, up? No, but I think the two new guys sure look like no-brainers to me. Yeah, in you, terms you of be I know, in terms of I in, in terms of trust factor, I'll tell you this right now. I got more trust in Adam Simber and Trevor Richards than I do anybody in the bullpen, including Jordan Romano. Yeah, I guess. I guess, you know, again, you got to be careful when you use them. You know, sure, two sure. or three run lead, one run lead on the road again with a runner on second base, you bringing in Adam Simber in Boston? Eh, probably not. That's why you need a guy like Ryan Barucki. That's why you need the Jordan Romanos, you know, who have swing and miss stuff. That can dominate the middle of the order, and and they don't have a ton of those guys. Yeah, they're they're upgrades. Adam Simber's an upgrade to everybody else that they've had. Trevor Richards looks like he's an upgrade with the devastating changeup that he has. Are they no brainers? Huh, you could argue probably they're in the middle of that. It's it will be nice to see Ryan Barucki coming out throwing 97, 98, 99 left handed to a bunch of right handed hitters who don't have a a chance of hitting it. That'll be a little bit of breath of fresh air. I'm assuming. For a manager who has put a bunch of names in a hat, you've seen it, I've seen it, and and fans of the Blue Jays have seen it. They're over there. Petey's got his hat out with the names. Charlie's picking out a name. Go, well, I hope I picked the right one. Here, I got a dartboard here. Oh, <laughs> damn, I told you to miss Dolis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Let's make it two or three here. Oh, God, Dolis again. I guess Dolis. Bad. I guess that's the way we have to do it. It's baseball Central with Blair and Barker. Come on, and, and you know I'm just you know I love me some Rafael Dolis. So you you folks all know that his, his father time out there. Father time is that what you call? <laughs> That's a great nickname for Rafael Dolis. Yeah, father time. You know how they say the game doesn't start until the pitcher throws the ball? <laughs> well, Rafael Dolis is a firm believer yeah. in in the fact that the game doesn't start until That's he it. throws the ball. That's... Yeah, I mean he 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 really is. He really is. Anyhow. Uh, Friday, the the boys get back on the field. 
Ray Ryu, Matt's couple of things we're watching. We've already talked about the return of Ryan Barucki, possibly some movement with Alejandro Kirk. I don't know when or if, of course, the trade deadline is coming up and we are wondering whether or not Charlie Montoya will move uh, George Springer. Into is that the a Charlie spot. move? I don't know if you can blame that on Charlie, but he's, he's going to get blamed for it one way or the other. Yeah, okay. Let's just say we are wondering whether the Blue Jays' collaborative there brain you know. trust will move George Springer into the leadoff spot from the cleanup spot, move Teoscar back into the cleanup spot, and then perhaps have Marcus Samuel hit fifth. So these guys have had, what, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off. They're going to be coming back after four days off. What's it like, or what are they going to... When the boys get together Friday in Texas and guys are taking batting practice after this break, Bark, what are they looking at? How does, how does your first game back from a break, whether it's for injury, and I know you didn't have injuries, but whether it's for injury or all-star break or something like that, how is, how is it different from the first couple of days of spring training? Yeah, I, I don't think it's – I don't – I think that's very individual. It it, uh, depends on how you felt when you left to go on the break. You know, some guys needed it. Maybe a George Springer needed it. Maybe maybe a Marcus Simeon needed it. He limped into it offensively a little bit. Maybe he needed just to go away at the all-star break, see it and hit it kind of thing, seeing some different kind of pitching. You know, the game didn't matter. Uh, For for me, I I tried to make it as simple as possible. I I wanted to get in early as I could get my cage work out of the way. I wanted to get out on the field as, as fast as I could. I wanted to get the feel of the dirt. I wanted to get where I was standing in the batter's box. I just wanted to feel comfortable. I, I wanted to, it was like seeing an old friend that I haven't seen in a week, right? It's, it's again, it's to each his own kind of thing. What, what works for you is not going to work for everybody else. What worked for me was I had to get there early. I had just to get the feel, the sound, you know, that muscle memory of getting it, repeating the good swing over and over and over again. And as quick as I could do that, the quicker I got back into a groove, seeing the ball a little bit better, because you know as well as anybody, when you're in an athletic position, your head doesn't move a ton as a hitter. You see the ball quicker. You see the ball longer. Gives you a better chance of swinging at a strike, swinging at a pitch that you can drive. And these guys are professionals. They've been around long enough, you know, even though their ages don't say they have. But when it comes to knowing their swing, knowing themselves, they know exactly what it takes to get hot and, and get it going. And they understand that this... These games from here on out, there's 75 of them. Every single one of them, you could argue, is sort of like the seventh game of the World Series for the Blue Jays because they can't fall behind anymore. They do. You know, it's going to be tougher on the front office to make their decisions. It's going to be – it's just not going to be as much fun as if they show up ready to go. The key guys are doing what the key guys are supposed to be doing. Then you gain some momentum. You gain some confidence. You start having a lot more fun. The handshakes get a lot cooler. Right? Everybody on the bench is, yeah, jumping up and down. And then, you know, you show up, you want to play, you want to win a bunch of games. So hopefully that's what happens. And they get in, get in the groove as fast as they possibly can. As I mentioned a little earlier, you know by now that I call Kevin Barker the mayor of Back Lake City. By the way, we're getting, we're getting Twitter or text reaction of 590-590. Tiffin Kitchener has got father time. In caps, LOL, too good, thumbs up. So there you go. Rafael <laughs> Dolis has a new nickname, Father Time. We're going to trademark it. As I said, I refer to Kevin Barker as the mayor of Back Lake City. I know some of you think it sounds vaguely pornographic. It's not meant to be pornographic. Barker talks about 
back lake. What are you what are you looking to be for? Barker talks about only you would say back that lake out cities. Loud. Well, you know, Barker talks about back lake city is going back lake cities when you hit a home run. It means two hundred and seventy two of them if you count the minor leagues. There you go, 272 if you count in the minor leagues. There you go, exactly. So, you know, I refer to him as the mayor of Back Lake City. But but even Barker, you'd have to admit, in baseball, there's only one mayor. Yep, there's only one mayor. He is Sean Casey, MLB Network analyst, host of the Mayor's Office podcast. It's like having baseball royalty in your show. Sean Casey joins us next. This is Baseball Central. to action tomorrow at Salem Field in Buffalo, the first of one, two, three. Three games against the uh, against the Texas Rangers, after which the Boston Red Sox will come into town. And that will begin a part of the schedule. They play what, seven games against the Red Sox, six games against the Red Sox, however many games it is, and uh, three games against the Mets tossed in there just for good measure. And that will take them up to the trade deadline. And, folks, well, I thought the series against Tampa was the biggest series of the year. I still think it was. The Jays won the final game to avoid the sweep. Uh, to me, they got to go 5-1 and one against the Red Sox. Oh. Four and two, maybe. However many oh, games. they got to get four or five wins. I don't even know what it is. Holy moly. Five and one. Well, whatever, however. Five Man. wins, four wins. Anyhow, whatever. Lighten a, uh, we'd be lighting a ton of candles, boy. <laughs> I got more hope. I got more faith than you do. Yeah, I guess. I am, I'm a man of faith. Uh, he is the host of the Mayor's Office, a terrific podcast. Uh, and his most recent guest, by the way, was Johnny Bench, who until Vladimir Guerrero homered, uh, Sean Casey, I think until Vladdy Jr. homered in the All-Star game, Johnny Bench was the youngest guy to hit a home run in that game, was he not? I think he still is. I think Vlad was number oh, two. He's I think Bench is still one. That's yeah. right. Well, I there think you go. Bench is still number one. Yeah. There you go. Case, Sean but... Casey, Sean Casey, host of the Mayor's Office and MLB Network analyst. Case, Case, I got one story about Johnny Bench. For when, when I, I think my first spring training with the Reds, uh, <laughs> he was funny. he was in spring training and, and it was early. I was like the first one there. You know, I, I was showing up early trying to impress the coaches, which no coach was there, <laughs> so it didn't really matter. But guess who was sitting in the middle of the room? It's Johnny Bench, and I'm like, holy moly, look, it's Johnny Bench over there. So I, you know, I got up enough nerve to walk over there and said hi. So I, I sort of tapped on his shoulder and I was like, hey. Mr. Bench, I'm Kevin Barker. Nice to meet you. He, I, I'm not kidding you. He turned right around, looked up at me, and went, "Oh yeah, you're the kid with the long swing." <laughs> uh, he, he, he straight faced me too and told me I had the longest swing he'd ever seen. Basically, <laughs> yeah. So I, so I put my head down and just walked away. It's nice, nice to meet you too. <laughs> oh my god, that's outstanding. That's <laughs> Dude, yeah. dude, that I, first time I got traded to the Reds, I walk in the clubhouse. I'm traded the night before opening day. I walk in the clubhouse. The two for, the first two things I see ever with the Reds, a naked Peter Harness is walking my way saying, hey, has anyone seen my toothbrush? Has anyone seen my toothbrush? <laughs> he, he walks past me and it's hanging out his butt. I'm like, my God, what the hell's going on here? Next thing you know. He walks past this guy. Johnny Bench is sitting there. He looks at me and goes, let's go, bro. You're late for the season. Get out there. Because they were already – I was late because I was taking a cab in 
they were already out of BP, and I'm like, oh my god, I got Pete Harris walking by with a toothbrush out his butt, and he's naked, and Johnny Bench is telling me, yelling at me for being late for the season, like I'm a wreck, I'm a wreck. <laughs> oh God, all I remember, all, I mean, you know, the only memory I ever have of Johnny Bench, he was at an all star, he was at an all star game, one of the the uh, legends of the game things, and he. And somebody asked him to hold, see, you know, the whole how many baseballs can you hold yeah. in your hand? Like Johnny could hold what, 20? 20 ba- like, the biggest. I think it was eight. I think it was eight. <laughs> yeah, but biggest, 20 is close biggest enough. Mitts, <laughs> biggest mitts of anybody. So he puts eight in there, and, and you know, and people are taking pictures. And you could tell he's just so bored of doing this, right? And uh, I looked at him, and I said, how often have you been asked to do that? He said, I don't know. I could really hold nine if I wanted to, but then I'd have to take all these, have people take all these pictures over again. He said, I'm happy holding eight. I don't want to take any more pictures. I can probably do nine if you want me to. I said, no, don't, don't worry about it. Um, hey, we were talking. I want to talk about your interview with Dante in a minute. But um, I asked Bark this question. As someone who didn't play the game, okay, I know guys show up at spring training and they've got certain routines to get ready for the year, obviously. Sean, the guys have routines after the All-Star break? You know, because it's what? It's going to be four days for some guys. Uh, I get four and a half days, roughly. The guys have routines that first time they step back in the cage. Oh, you know what's funny? That's a great question because, as Bark knows, that routine is probably the most important thing for you as a player. And when you get the, when you get the, um, the, the little taste of uh, – Oh, four days off. This is so nice. This is so nice. We missed this. Yeah, yeah. I think that first day back, it's like, okay, you got to – I always said it was like being underwater for six months. Like, you've got to go underwater and stay there and never come up for air because if you come up for air, you're like, hey, what's going on up here? Is the season over? No, you've got three months left. You know what I mean? Like, you better get down in water. So, I think those first couple days, you've got to really jump back in, get back into a routine, get to the park, get your swings in the cages, whatever you do you know, crushing the spread, whatever you crush the spread, you know, you got to get back and get back into it as a player quickly. Okay, Casey, what, what did you think of the uh, – I know Jeff's going to jump into some Dante stuff, but what did you think of the All-Star game? Did you like it? You know, what did you think of Vladdy, Otani? What was your what was your thoughts it, about that? Bart, I just think the game, like some of the, the players we have right now, is just a lot of fun for baseball. You know, you know, obviously Vlad has been awesome. You know, I think the best thing that could have happened to him was him struggling last year. Because, you know, anytime you get disturbed, that's when you make changes, whether it's in life or in baseball. I think he was disturbed last year with the way he played and went last year. Now he's, you know, right in the front, right next to Otani for MVP. You know, so it was great to see him go deep 464, whatever that it was, absolute rocket, you know, and the, and the fun that he has. You know, it's fun to watch Vlad, but it was fun to watch Teoscar Hernandez out there, too, and Bo Bichette. Like, that's what I mean when I look at the Blue Jays, I go, man, this, this, this place is, they're really loaded and they got some great, you know, young kids that are going to be good for a long, long time. So, you know, that's exciting. And the other thing about the All-Star game, Otani is just something we've never seen before. You know, it's like, it's like when the Wright brothers, brothers flew the first plane, they're like, we're flying. Like, we didn't think we'd do, we're actually flying. Like, you watch Otani and you go, he's doing things we've never seen before. Yeah. He's flying. You know what I mean? Like, he's doing things that we've never seen a guy do, you know, to start to start the game and lead off the game and to be one of the best pitchers and hitters. I mean, it's unprecedented. Casey he had a 512 foot homer in a home run derby. He threw a hundred miles an hour. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> really? Just, 
Oh, wait, are you kidding me? I, went, I took my I took my son to the freaking local like amusement park, Kennywood here in Pittsburgh. I'm like, hey, here we go, kids. Let's go. We're going to line up. His dad was a big leaguer. I go, give me those three balls. I freaking crow hop, throw it. I hear my son say, hey, my dad was a big leaguer. Watch this. to be like 91. Freaking crow hop, throw it 68. I'm like, God dang. I'm like. <laughs> Hey, Sean, you know, one of the storylines we're following with the Blue Jays, and Kevin and I kind of have similar thoughts about this, but when George Springer came back, uh, they put him in the, the cleanup spot, and part of that was they didn't want to disturb the top of the order, which was going so well. And I think George was, you know, George being a good teammate. George is here for seven years and getting a gazillion dollars. He probably figured, all right, I'll, I'll kind of do what they want me to. Uh, he scuffled. And, you know, I make less of a deal of it. Barker thinks it's the end of the world. I, I don't think it's the end of the world. But look, he, 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 came here, he came here to lead off. Do you think the Jays come out of the All-Star break, go to Marcus Simeon, go to George Springer and say, guys, it's been swell, but, you know, George, you're at the top. Marcus, you're, you're hitting fifth. Would you do that well, if you were the, the Jays? That, well, Simeon, Simeon's been so good, you know what I mean, leading off. That I mean, I think you know he's having that All Star year, and obviously another guy at the All Star game. You know, I mean, I know that might be a tough conversation to have, but George Springer is your big free agent. He's the guy you gave the big money to to come in. And George Springer, go back and look at his track record. I mean, this guy's one of the best players in the game, one of the biggest clutch guys, home run guys. So I think at the end of the day, you know, it's going to be you know Montoya and the staff getting together and saying what's best for this team getting the guys together, and if, if, it, if it's better for Springer to be leading off and it makes everybody better, Simeon, could, he could hit four because he's got big-time power. You could put him, too, and flip-flop Bichette Guerrero. I mean, there's and Tay Oscar's right there. There's so many big bats in that lineup. I think you could mix and match. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, we had, we had Dante on. We've had him on a couple of times. And one of the things we've talked about with Dante is Bo's swing. And he talked about how when the Jays drafted him, one of the things they liked is the Jays said, yeah, we'll let him do. Yeah, you know, we'll let, him, we'll let him keep a swing. I mean, we'll see how it goes, but sure. And, you know, Dante said a lot of teams that, that they talked to, the first thing they said is, oh, you know, that, that swing, we got to, you know, we get the leg kick, we got to work on that a bit. You talked to Dante for your podcast, and he made an interesting point, and, and it's not just, and this is why I loved it, because it doesn't just have to do with baseball, because I can tell you it is a massive story in hockey as well. We're overcoaching a lot of our kids, aren't we? Wow. That is, that is such a great point. And I thought Dante's point in my podcast was great when he was talking about, look at the guys that are, that, look at the guys from, you know, Dominican and Venezuela, these, these kids that come in with just these dynamic athletic swings, like, you know, they're, they're not being overcoached. I think sometimes here in the, in, in, at, when kids are younger, you know, we're grabbing them and we're, we're giving them lessons at eight, nine, you know, like, no, be an athlete. Like, just go out and, and, and have your natural ability. I remember I was there. I was lucky enough. I was coaching. I was coaching a little bit with the Blue Jays at spring training and Bo Dante brought Bo in as a senior, and they did a little tryout on one of the side fields. And Bo was hitting. And Bo's not the biggest of dudes, right? You know, he really gets every max effort with that swing to get out, uh, you know, of the, the power that he has, especially to right center. He was crushing balls to right center, and that was the most impressive thing to me. And being around Dante Bichette, this guy knows more about hitting than maybe anybody. He's so good. And he always talked about, look how uh, like athletic Bo is, how he gets that turn on his upper half and has dynamic hands where he's able to drive through the ball but use his whole body 
his five foot ten frame or whatever, and really to drive the ball the other way. So, like when I like I love Dante, he kept Bo athletic, and that's made him one of the better players in baseball. Okay, case for for some uh, younger people that are aren't as athletic as Bo, what would be a bit a one piece of advice you would give them starting out to just you know to to start being as good as you can possibly? What what would be one piece of advice you'd give them? Well, I'd say the one thing, Bark. You know, I think where we when we get too technical mechanically. I'd say as a little, as a young kid, I know with my kids, I would get very visual with them, right? And I would say, hey, you see that shortstop? Hit it over his head in the outfield. You see those outfielders? They're in close. Hit it over the center fielder's head. And it's amazing when you direct your eyes to your body. It's amazing. It happens. Like, I can't tell you how many times my kid would hit the ball right where I said to do it. And, hey, the kid's 10 years old. Like, I would say get visual. Make sure they're having fun, first off. But get visual with the kids and start playing visual games What's amazing is you'll see the body take over just like it's supposed to when you direct the mind and the eyes to where you want to hit the ball. Yeah, they'd be afraid to tell me that when I was playing against you with the Richmond Spiders. You know, you all this mechanical stuff you're trying to tell me. Be afraid to just tell me that. Simplify it as much as you can. I thought you was my buddy. I was trying to mess you up, Mark. Like, I know you did. Too well, it worked. Congratulations. You messed him up in more ways than one. Someone who sits with him every day. No kidding. Um, it's Sean Casey. He is the host of the Mayor's Office podcast, also MLB Network analyst. Case, before we let you run, one very quick question. We're going to see the Texas Rangers for three games here. That means Kyle Gibson. It means Joey Gallo. What do you think is going to happen to Joey Gallo as, as we get close to the trade deadline? And, and what would be a good fit for him? I know I don't, we don't really want to play amateur GM, but what team would be a good fit for Joey Gallo? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. You know, I, I don't know when I when I look at Gallo, he's just it's amazing what kind of player he is because you know you look at him, a lot of strikeouts. Um, hit, he's hitting lefties better than he's hitting righties this year. He's got an, an over nine hundred OPS. He plays Gold Glove right field. Like his glove is definitely a factor. Um, so when I look at Gallo, I think he could help a lot of clubs. Um, you know, I don't know, you know, I'm trying to think like who are the big clubs Like maybe like somebody like the Phillies, um, you know, I think he could help them a lot. The, the giants, I know they're doing really well, but they don't still have like, they got a couple mm-hmm. really good bats, but like that, that's a big power bat. That could be a game changing type bat. Um, so, you know, going down the list, I mean, I think, I think there's a lot of teams that he can help because he does a lot of things well. Case, really good of you to join us, man. Thanks so much. And uh, best of luck. The podcast is great. Keep it going. Best of luck. And uh, stay safe, my friend. Yeah, you're the best. Okay. All right, guys. You guys are the greatest. And Bark, man, you you were a great hitter in my book, bro. You great. <laughs> I appreciate that. Coming for you, that means a lot. All right. Take care, <laughs> Sean. You're the best, man. That's Sean Casey. Yeah. The podcast is the mayor's office. Uh, is a terrific podcast. Give it a listen. The Bichette stuff is really interesting because, yeah. as I said, it's – it's it's applicable to every sport. the The idea of uh, of overcoaching and kind of too many cooks, too many cooks in the kitchen when it comes to kids. And I think it's especially the case now, Bart, because yeah, you know, they got friends whose kids play hockey. Those kids get like two weeks off a year. You know, they're in skills yeah. camp for a month in the summer. You know, the old days you'd play hockey and then you'd go up to the cottage, drink beer, water ski, try not you know, try to have some fun, and, and then get back into it. But now. Like guys, it's twenty four seven, and sometimes I think we just, I think we just over coach guys. And I love, we've heard Dante use that word. I love that those words, dynamic athleticism. Yeah, 
Well, well, not not everybody's got that, right? And it, he he said, make it fun and use your eyes to tell the baseball where you yeah. want it to go. Don't don't make it so mechanical where you know your your feet have to start here, your front foot has to land here, you know your your hips have to turn this way, your hands have to follow in this direction, the barrel has to go in, to this spot. No. Just tell your eyes, I want to hit it. If you're left-handed, I want to hit this ball to the shortstop. And normally, the barrel will go where it's supposed to go. Your lower half will go where it's supposed to go. That just sounds so simple. But now when you start thinking about it and you're, you know, around young people that are learning how to hit, I'm going to use it with my with my son who who is getting into it and starting to have fun with it. Just tell your eyes to tell the ball where it wants to go. And most of the time, it'll go that way. And let's have a bunch of fun doing it. So it just it takes people like Casey to... To add that different element to it of you see how much passion he has, how much fun he has, just to simplify it as much of just see ball and let your eyes tell the ball where it wants to go and and have fun doing it. How simple does that sound? Yeah, absolutely. I loved hearing Sean Casey describe seeing Shohei Otani at the All-Star Game as being watching the Wright brothers. (laughs) This thing's working. (laughs) My God, it's taken off. You weren't lying. Yeah. Oh, hell, here's a hill. <laughs> Let's go down quickly. It's Baseball Central at Sportsnet 590, the fan. So the Weather Network has just announced that there is a tornado warning in effect for Barry, Collingwood, Hillsdale, Aurelia, Lagoon City, Washago, Innisfil, Newtecumseth, Angus, um, and uh, tune to your local stations. Take cover immediately, according to the Weather Network. That is a tornado warning for Barry, Collingwood, Hillsdale, Aurelia, Lagoon City, Washago, Innisfil, New Tecumseh. I can never pronounce that. And Angus, uh, that from the Weather Network. We uh, trust if there is wild weather in your area that you're staying safe and uh, staying out of trouble. Um, I was just thinking about Sean Casey. Huh. Sean Casey's conversations about about Johnny Bench and, and uh, man, <laughs> he was uh, the, for the longest time. I don't think I'm telling tales out of school, but for the longest time, Kevin, I was convinced that Sean Casey was going to be a candidate for the Jays' managing yeah. job or at least a coaching job because yeah. he's really close with with Mark and Ross. Yeah, and he's a guy in the past there. In the past, there has been there has been talk that he might be interested that 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 he might be interested in pursuing it, and I don't know if he might if he will or will not eventually. But he's uh, he brings a lot of energy. He he brings a lot of energy to things. He'd yeah, he he might be it. a perfect guy for a little older team though. Been there and done it before. Yes. He's not a you know I, I know he is very he good at teaching. He kind of reminds me a bit and, of Tito. He reminds me a little yeah. bit of Terry Francona. Yeah, I'm gonna let you do your own kind. thing. Not you know this is the big leagues. Not here to. To overthink it, see ball, hit ball kind of thing. Uh, but I'm with you. You know, he he is one of those guys the door would always be open. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see how you could go wrong with a guy like that. He, what he brings, who he is. I mean, he's career three, 300 hitter at the big league level. That's clout right out the gate. You know, when, he's, when he speaks, you're going to listen. And he's a great human being. That, that's first and foremost – you know, and, and, I, and I can always picture, you know, I, for me, the hardest job, and you, you used to talk to Gibby all the time about one of the hardest things for him was sending guys down. You know, spring training, you would have to send a bunch of people down, that kind of thing. Casey would, that would be an interesting conversation to actually watch him and see how he would do it because he is such a nice human being and he understands how hard it is to be a big leaguer 
and for them to actually be called into his office and him have to send a guy down, that that might be a little tough on him. But look, he is he is second to none when it comes to just who he is, what he brings, the knowledge he knows about baseball, how much fun he would be. I'd sign up for it. I'll tell you that. One of the things I remember Gibby saying one time that that is an aspect of the game that almost everybody is familiar with at some time. She said, remember Gibby saying one time, you know what a real superstar is? It's a guy who's never been told he's going down. There it is. A level. That's Tough. a real superstar. That 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 defines. First time I got sent down, I was crying when I was in my hotel in San Diego. I'm not yeah, afraid to admit it. It's it's uh it's not the easiest thing. Now I got a little got a little easier the older I got because I got used to it and you know I was released a couple of times last day of spring training. That's a, that's a slap in the in the face and a punch. Was in it the Dusty gut. that took you out for a drink? Uh yeah 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 <laughs> that, yeah that, but that's Dusty right that's that's yeah. and and he's he's one of the guys too that said I'm sending you down but you won't be down long and I didn't think it would be I'd drive down to Louisville shave my beard an hour later I got called back up no I didn't think it'd be that soon but yeah it's there's a reason why these guys are around as long as they are their teams are as good as they are when when he's managing them and. It's that part of it. You you got to be a human being. You got to understand how hard it is to. You know the old saying is, it's "Not hard getting to the big leagues. It's hard staying in the big leagues." And a good manager understands that. He will sympathize with it because I have had some that could care less or only thinking about themselves. That's okay too. But they they weren't in the big leagues very long. Uh, Winston and Hawksville, 590-590 is a text line. Still some time to weigh in if you want in the text line. He uh, wants to know what we expect to see, or actually he says he wants to see Thomas Hatch recalled and have Ross Stripling move to the long man role in the bullpen as as protection against uh, Stephen Matz. And uh, thanks for the text, Winston. Look, I think Thomas Hatch is going to be up. I I admit, I don't know how far along Thomas Hatch – is compared to to Ryan Barucki. but Bark, I'd be surprised if they're not if if they're healthy. I'd be surprised if they're not both up here. Yeah, the Thomas Hatch thing. Who knows, right? You don't don't really know. The only people probably know are the are, are the Blue Jays and Thomas Hatch. I know the Ross Stripling thing. He's the most innings he's ever pitched. One hundred and twenty-two. He's at seventy-four and two-thirds. Mm-hmm. It's about come to that thing. You, you probably got about five more starts out of him. Then you got to figure out. And he has said that body wise, m- mentally. He has been through a lot this season, right? Changing mechanics and mm-hmm. and just trying to figure out how to keep the fastball out of the middle of the plate and be better with the breaking ball and and being able to throw change up to, to both hitters. What would you do with him if you use him in the bullpen? When would you use him? Could you use him in the fifth and sixth yeah. inning? Could you use him in the seventh and eighth inning? You know, could you bring him in for an inning and use him when it mattered? I, those are all well, very it, tough questions to answer. Would you use him as a yeah. piggyback guy? You use an opener that's, and use him for three or four innings that way to monitor how many innings he's pitching and use use him against certain teams that way, right? You don't use him back-to-back against the same team. All of those things will come into play. But, I, again, the lineup can make... complicated by the fact that he's been so good. It too. has. <laughs> but the lineup can make this a lot easier. The lineup shows up and do what they can do. Then, yeah. then you've got a little lenience on what you can do with the Manoas, the Striplings, the Thomas Hatches, and, and your bullpen. Well, it is a reminder, though, that when we, when we talk about pitching workloads and load management and innings limits and all that, we do tend to focus on Alec Manoa because he's a young guy. But we're also getting to that point in the season, Kevin, where I think you know guys have pitched more 
innings maybe than they did last year in the shortened season. And I think we're getting to that point in the season. I've I've got to think teams are monitoring everybody a lot more a lot more closely now. Yeah, you got to than they were. Well, the one guy too we don't really talk about when it comes to that's Robbie Ray. Can can Robbie Ray make sixteen more starts? The most starts he's ever had is thirty three. He's got a hundred innings now. The most he's ever had is one hundred and seventy four and a third. And those if, are a hundred effort. They are effort just innings. give it all you got as long as you got. Can he continue to do that? Will they have to monitor that? Now they do have scheduled days off, which will help. But they're pitching him the first game to maximize everything they can possibly get out of him because he is their best guy right now. Be interesting to see how they use him, how much they use him, and will there be a fall off? You know, will the velocity still be there? Will the location still be there? You know, he's, he hasn't had 30 walks this year and 17 stars. Are you kidding me? Like, just to say that he is a giant surprise with what he's done mechanically, location, velocity, just being able to force his way through starts is some kind of impressive. Again, the Blue Jays will get back in the field tomorrow. Salem Field in Buffalo, first of three against the Texas Rangers as they come out of the All-Star break. Um, we know that it'll be Robbie Ray, Hyunjin Ryu, and Steven Matz. Uh, no indication yet as to how the lineup will look. I w- uh, would look. I would imagine we wouldn't see that. We wouldn't get that from Charlie Montoyo uh, until tomorrow. Of course, it'll be the return of Vlad Jr. to his team after his selection as most valuable player in the All-Star game. Uh before we scoot here, Bark, we just got a couple of minutes left. Before we scoot here, just some 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 last thoughts from you on whether or not the Jays are going to be able to mount the kind of run in these next two weeks they're going to need to force Ross Atkins to make a big deal. Yeah, Ryu's got to be great. Uh George Springer's got to be great. Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s got to continue to do what he's doing. The bullpen can have hiccups. They can't lose more games. I mean, they've got 19 on the season. They got to limit the walks. They got to be very efficient. They got to dominate people. The Adam Simbers of the world's got to come in and do his thing from a weird arm angle. Uh, when Richards gets the ball, he's got to do his thing. You know, uh, Ryan Barucki, what, what's he going to give you? When are they going to use him? That'll be an interesting thing. But you know, it just you, they got to be very individual for me. The last 75 games, you get really got to think about what you do well, you know, offensively, defensively. Don't try and go outside the box. Stay within yourself. Don't make the big mistake. I know they're not trying to do that, but when in doubt, hit the cutoff guy. When in doubt, you know, go base to base. When in doubt, until two strikes, take the pitch. It's that kind of thing, right? It's just don't overthink it. Stay within yourself because you have tremendous talent. You should be able to at least be relevant in September. And I really do believe if they're relevant in September and maybe they can get back to the Rogers Center and there can be somewhat of a fan support at that place. You can imagine, you know, if there are a couple of games out of a wild card spot, maybe five back in the American League. East. I'm just throwing that number out there. Say five back in the American League East coming back to the Rogers Center. What kind of boost that would give them? Oh, man. No question. We give all of us a boost, but um yeah, I would think that uh, the Blue Jays players. Well, we've talked about this. They're they're ready to move, and who knows? Maybe maybe they'll know by the time they take the field tomorrow. I hope they know by the time they take the field tomorrow whether or not a return on July thirtieth uh, is possible or not. 
That is it for us. Mr. Barker will be back on Friday.